0: Once again, it is the Reef Lords Pod Academy, episode number nine. I can't believe it. We're ready in February and uh, we've got an exciting topic to talk about today and to talk about that topic, which is what to expect or not what to expect, what to inspect in your new home. And I believe this is only part one, which sounds fascinating. Uh, I'm joined as always uh, from Reef Lords by Dora Liu and I believe... Uh, Joining us for the first time today, we have uh, Mr. Mr. Yaku van Royen. Hello, Yaku and Dora. How are you guys?
1: Hey, David. How's it going?
0: Exceptionally well. It's it's my kind of weather in my part of the world as we oh, are yeah. recording this episode. It's gray, it's overcast, yeah. and it's not too hot. Yaku,
1: so are you well? the sun for the first time
0: in
1: two <laughs> yes. weeks.
2: I am well, and uh, this is quite exciting uh, for me. Uh, being the first time in my entire working life that i've done something like this so i'm looking forward to bringing a little something to the table here
0: fantastic and it's it's really good to have you along with us because these are questions uh, as i think back and and what we're going to be talking about is i it's one of those things where i go i wish i'd known this before so let's let's kick right off and and, and get into it i mean House hunting could be on your your New Year's resolutions, what to do uh, if you're looking and wanting to look for a house. But it's time consuming. And it also puts your inspection skills to the test, you see, because love at first sight, we all know that happens. But experts are always going to advise you to look again when it comes to finding the right property. Why? Well, because it's a long-term relationship. So if you're a first time home buyer, this exercise can be quite overwhelming. During this episode, we're gonna share with you some helpful hints and tips on what to and the how to of inspecting your new home. Now, Yaku's got uh, over 20 years of experience in building inspections and quality control in both public and private projects. So his insights are gonna certainly guide you in the right direction. Okay, so, so let's start off then. Some of the most overlooked problems. Uh, Yaku, I believe, you know, you often hear people go, if you're buying a new house, if you're going into a new place, always check for mold. So give me an idea. What, what is mold? Where does it go? That kind of thing.
2: Yes, important. Mold being a, a fungi grows in a damp and in humid, humid environment. So, we'll we'll find them in bathrooms and in basements, and normally under your, your kitchen sink if your cupboard is closed, and, uh, you know, if your doors are permanently standing closed. So, a leading uh, cause of mould is your poor ventilation in your, your home or flat, or whatever the, the space is that you are moving into. And what you should look out for, obviously you'll smell it if you've got a severe issue going on. Otherwise, you'll find it manifesting in clusters of small black spots. They might also appear with a grey-brown or a grey-green colour, depending on the area and the surface uh, that they manifest on. So, your issues contributing furthermore to your mould is is unresolved water damage or water leaks that might uh, be overlooked or maybe not having enough knowledge, you might think that it's just going to go away on itself, dry out, for instance. Past flooding that you might not know of, or that might not have been disclosed, will be a contributing factor as well.
0: Again, okay, as you were talking about this, I remember many, many years ago, we moved to the coast, to Toti, and that was one of the first things people said is, you know, check that the cupboards, particularly at the coast, are, are well ventilated, otherwise you're going to get mould. And I kind of was like, meh, whatever. And uh, yeah, boy, did we get did we get mold? Now, obviously, from from a, a you know the, the the sort of integrity of the home, mold is a problem because it's an indicator of of damp or of humidity, ventilation. It's also dangerous to your health, though, isn't it?
2: Yes, it is. It can cause an allergic reaction, or people that have severe reactions might end up being hospitalised because it does affect the respiratory correct in the body.
0: Oh, okay. Um, Now, what about damp? Because I I kind of thought the the two would would go hand in hand. I mean, you you need damp to get mold and things like that. Um, Talk to me about damp, because something I heard that a little while ago as well is you get different kinds of damp?
2: Yes. Damp is another little evil that we find in the homes. Damp in some instances, do go hand-in-hand hand with mould, although you won't always find mould in the same area as damp. So we get five different kinds of damp, and people will be most familiar with your rising damp, which will occur from floor level up until between 900 and 1,200 millimetres from floor level. And you will get penetrating damp, falling damp, condensation damp, and this is the one that that you'll 90% of the time find in the same area as you'll find your mould and then chemical damp. So, chemical damp, we don't really deal much with it, so it's not as prevalent as the others. All of them though, will take some time to resolve, trying to dry out the surface that it occurs in and then to rectify the issue. you got to look out for when, when you try and identify damp, you need to look at your walls, you'll find possible tide marks that, that will, will be left behind when the, the surface dries out. Uh, bubbles or crumbles in the walls, your, your paint will bubble. When you break that bubble, you'll find a powdery wax, white substance. Long term mold, uh, bigger beg long term damp, will also result in your plaster starting to, to crumble. And it, obviously that is a, a major issue for you then. Um, after heavy rains, have a look for wet patches. Sometimes you'll have water seeping from uh, you know, through the paint, also in your ceilings. You'll have water marks on your ceilings. They'll manifest as a very, very light brown and then it'll just go from there on, become darker. And then you know you've got this problem.
0: Well, it's interesting that, you, that you're that you talking about this because uh, in last year we, we had to sell my, my mom's house and some of these problems, I actually wasn't really aware of it or the extent of it until I had a look. And one of those was the rising damp in her house. And it had gotten to the stage where, and, and you touched on something there, it was almost like this fine white chalky powder that was now starting to form. And even... On some of the door frames, right at the bottom, there were there were rust marks. Which uh, let me tell you, it, it 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 took a knock on our on our sale price of the house because obviously the new owners knew what to look for and they were like, well, we're not going to give you the asking price because of. And uh, as I understand it, as you said, uh, that fixing damp can be quite a lengthy process. Uh, let's move along though, because I experienced another thing <laughs> at my mom's. Uh, house which we didn't even know about initially, uh, and that is pest infestation
2: yes, a lot of people ten percent and less of home buyers pay attention to this because you don't always see it you know during winter months ants go away cockroaches during the daytime go and hide they love your drains they love your your outflow pipes your fourteen and fifteen millimeter outflow pipes that sort of thing. Um, Border, you won't easily see if you don't have a proper inspection done and it sits in your, in your roof cavity. Um, fish moths might be a problem. Bees externally, uh, your trees, they might want to migrate to, to a, a little bit of a better spot and take, take position under your eaves or maybe in your roof. So, it, it's a good idea to have a look at that. If you are not sure, contact a professional. To come and have a look for you. Once they've identified the issue, well, the, the, the guys nowadays shoot the shoots away with a report within 24 to 72 hours, and you know what you are dealing with. In these reports, you'll also find the correct course of action to safeguard your home against this. But
1: you know, what do you need to look up for when you are inspecting a wood-structured house?
2: A wood-structured house, you'd want to look at your, your floors, your... Um, door frames, skirtings, yeah. and any other open or in-your-face area where you might find uh, <laughs> dust that looks unnatural, like like uh, sanding dust almost. Um, and you'll find in your roof structure tiny little holes. Sometimes when you buy a bag of wood to you pry, you'll take out a, a log and you'll see all these small little holes. And you know there's a problem there. Something is boring, something is working out for itself in there, weakening uh, your structure.
0: Yeah, one of the things, as I was saying with, with my, mom, my mom's house before we actually sold it, this was something we, we did have to get somebody in about because I couldn't understand it, is uh, on the inside of the house, in, in certain corners and crevices, I thought it was ants. And I thought, oh well, there's a little ant problem, and we put down some 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 ant poison. It turned out to be a whole lot bigger than that. It turned out to be, and this is a this is a brick and mortar home we're talking about. Turned out to be termites, and there was a massive infestation. Uh, so it is definitely one of those things to check out because uh, it cost that cost us a bit of money to get fixed up as well. Let's there's move along, though, because sure, there's there's so much. Do you do you recommend? Just if you are a, a homeowner or even if you're thinking of moving into a home yaku, would you would you recommend
2: some, some sort of fumigation? Most definitely, yes. Um, it is actually a requirement in some provinces. We have, the, you know, uh, the, our inland provinces compared to our coastal provinces have different requirements uh, with, with regards to these kind of things. And um, if I'm not mistaken, some banks also require before you know, the sort of thing on the, on the authorization of a bond. Because if you let that go, it's just going to, if it's overlooked, you're just going to end up uh, paying out of your own pocket enormous amounts of money to get the problem resolved, get it under control, and then you're sitting with repairs as well that could have been prevented two, three years ahead of time.
0: Yeah, um, I know, uh, I know all about yeah,
1: that. <laughs> Yaku and David, I just want to actually um, probably ask Yaku something, um, whether we can bust the myth. Um, a lot of people say that they've got cockroach problem at uh, at their home. And is it true that if you apply a fresh coat of paint, then the problem will actually disappear? Is it a myth um, to be busted?
2: Now, paint's not going to get rid of your cockroach. It might for a, a week or so, it was the the chemical smell if you're using a strong paint, for instance, or primer prior to putting a final coat on. But it's going to come back once that smell dissipates. And mm. the cockroach, you must understand, a cockroach is a is a hardy creature, and it's going to take something to get rid of them. A, a proper poison, as such, that's also environmentally friendly and friendly to your pets children mm. and other people in your home. I think anyway, as, a general, I as a general... a
1: busted <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: I think as a general uh, rule of thumb, though, we, we, we should look at, even, you know, just as a homeowner, you should look for those signs and, and consider fumigating you know, every so often. Do you agree, Yaku?
2: Correct, yes. Because, uh, you know, with a cockroach infestation, you're not going to see any signs of them chewing on something. When it mm. gets dark, you're sitting outside, or, or you're in, indoors, you'll just see this guy coming around, and there's nothing to indicate that he's there beforehand, he's not chewing on anything, because they, they clean, they actually clean up, you know, they, they, they live on scraps and anything that lives around. So, fumigating, if you can afford it, or if it's within your budget, every six months, it would be a very good idea.
0: Okay, fantastic. Let's move along, though, because a lot of times people might be looking, particularly first-time homeowners, uh, might be looking at purchasing a garden unit or a a freestanding home these days as well. Uh, Drainage, how important is that?
2: Extremely, especially with uh, formal structures. And when I say formal structures, I mean buildings with uh, foundations and uh, concrete slabs for floors because... When your drainage it doesn't work properly, you will end up with a problem in the long run. In a situation like that, also, um, what is becoming popular are these wooden, these small little wooden houses, one or two bedroom units. Um, and you and your older homes will have your, your wooden floors that are raised, maybe two to three foot. They're sitting on a on a brick and mortar support pillar, but on that pillar, you've got Wooden beams, laminated beams, joists running under there and your, your wooden floor. So drainage problems will pop that floor. It will cause swelling in your wood. And uh, it's just going to cost you enormous amounts of money to sort out eventually. What if we are look looking...
0: Yes, Yaku, that's what I was going to go to. Sorry, I jumped in too soon there. Because I w- no, wanted no. to say, if we, if we, are, if we are looking, what, what are the signs that there could be a problem?
2: Have a look at, at the soil on, on the property, especially around the, the building that you're looking at. Is it eroding? Are the pools of water standing and not, not dissipating into the ground or flowing away? Um, look upwards, look at the gutters. Is water... are there signs of water overflowing the gutters and not purely coming down the downpipes? You'll see water marks against the walls if that is happening. You'll see a lot of erosion next to the side of the, of the structure if your drainage is not proper. So, those are things that you need to look at very closely, because an issue might be underlying, and we do know from experience that some people give it a fresh coat of paint, put a little bit of polyfill in cracks, and that's it, it looks beautiful to the prospective buyer. Two, three years down the line, there's a reoccurrence of an issue that you didn't know about. Mm.
1: And if you step on uh, some of the manicured garden, if you feel the puddles uh, and the soggy areas underneath your feet, is that also a sign of poor drainage?
2: Correct, yes. and uh, um, You'll find, um, like you say now, that it almost becomes marshy. I and mean, then have a look at some plants, they are very sensitive to excessive moisture, they'll start dying off. Then you need to look, just look at the soil, you, you I mean, if it's muddy, and, you know, for a fact it hasn't rained for a week, for instance, that soil should have dried out. You should be standing on firm grass and not not on a, on a, on a muddy situation.
0: Okay. Now, one of the things, you know, and it, it's quite a popular saying is, you know, as long as you have a roof over your head, we don't very often think about our roofs and insulation, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, I stayed in a property uh, in the Low a couple of years, quite a few years ago, and, i got to tell you, the top floor was like a furnace. And we didn't know that when we went there because we sort of, we went there fairly early in the morning to have a look at the place and it was all hunky-dory, moved in. But that top floor ended up being like an absolute furnace. It was so uncomfortable. Uh, Talk to me, Yaku, a little bit about roof insulation and, and what do they use and are there dangers there?
2: Yeah, roof insulation is very important. Uh, Just uh, getting back to you now, to the top floor heating up like that. Uh, Heat, obviously, as we know, rises. And then if your bottom section is not properly ventilated, it's just going to start pushing up. So that that will contribute to, to the heat there. Roof insulation needs to be done by a professional. If you think you can do it, you can take the chance, but I wouldn't recommend it if you haven't done it before. We get different uh, insulations, um, like uh, earth wool, fiberglass, polyester, cellulose, reflective foil and spray foam. Now, now I've mentioned fiberglass, and and you know fiberglass, the fibers will make you itch and it will cause allergic reactions in people that are very sensitive to this. So, get a professional to do this for you, then you know it is installed properly, You will get your certificate, your warranties will be in place and your insulation will work. Because the minute that you do that wrong, you might run the risk of trapping moisture in your roof cavity. Then there goes your warranties, if if you've done it yourself, you you won't get your warranty that you should. And then you start looking at other issues in your roof structure, in your rafters, your burdens, uh, your beams in your roof, they start rotting. At the coast you'll find something called coastal rot. looks like an old man's beard. The minute you see that, you know you, you, you're having to replace your roof structure. You cannot treat that.
0: So is there anything, I mean, I'm, I'm now one of the, the first-time home buyers, prospective home buyer. Any questions that I should be asking the seller?
2: Yeah, firstly ask them if they do have any insulation in the roof cavity. If the answer is yes, who installed it? Can you obtain the the information from them, of the installer, so that if they cannot supply you with an installation certificate and a warranty certificate, you could uh, inquire straight from the installers or the suppliers uh, that did it. Because there are claims, I've I've done a little bit of research, on average, a properly installed roof installation should last 80 years. Foam board, loose-fill, earth wool and cellulose should, the cellulose should last up to a hundred years. Those are the claims that are out there. Now, in my lifetime and your lifetime, I don't think we will see it, but at least if you can obtain the certificates, you know it's done properly. Any problems in the future can be addressed by the installers or the suppliers.
0: Okay, and then obviously um, you, you you already mentioned which I wouldn't even recommend uh, is is trying to do it yourself because that's just uh, <laughs> as you said it opens your it opens you up to a multitude of problems. Yes. But let's let's continue because this is fascinating for me. Uh, and and one of the questions I did want to ask: if you sort of buying a, a, a new place, a lot of times uh, like refloors do, they have these new developments so there i guess paint and and and, and maintenance shouldn't really be an, an issue um but what do you recommend with regards to paint
2: paint firstly uh, if you're buying a like you said now new development new home you, you shouldn't have an issue with that you could ask for the paint code and what type of paint was used you know if you want to do your own maintenance in the future or feel that you you need to repaint a section for whatever reason, then you have that. In a, 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 if you are a second or third owner on a property, it's good to, to ask the questions of when last was the property painted, who did it, because paint is affected by your, your preparation of the surface and the quality of the paint. So, if your paint should last five years and whoever did it didn't do proper uh, preparation of the surfaces and, and, and apply a quality paint, it's not going to last five years, it's going to last two years and it's going to have to be redone. So And also try and obtain the paint code from the current, if they know when it was done, from the current occupant of the property.
0: Yeah, that that, that makes a lot of sense. I remember uh, when, when I was growing up, my dad was very, very much a stickler about The kind of paint and the preparation, and I mean, I was, I was often, you know, being a kid, you go just slap on some paint. Let's get this over with. I want to go out and party, Uh, but I got to be honest. His philosophy of of preparing surfaces and only using the best quality paint that we could afford certainly paid off uh, in in the long run. Now, one of the things I've heard, maybe you can you can sort of, you know, clue me in on this. Is it true that different colors of paint can also then determine their life expectancy?
2: Yes, it can, especially your darker colors like, like blues and charcoal colors, the colors that present very dark ones dry. Well, if, if, if it's a poor quality, you'll find very soon rain marks or water marks. You'll find these white lines in them, and then, you know, they fade it. So, excessive, or not excessive, but exposure to the elements will soon enough indicate to you if it was a quality paint. Although your darker paints in general don't last as long as your more earthy colors and your more neutral colors um, do at the moment. A quality paint should last you internally, you know, on the interior of your property between 10 to 15 years. Externally, between 7 to 10 years. There are paint manufacturers claiming that their paints last longer. The paints with an elastic property to that might last up to 15 to 20 years.
0: Fantastic stuff. We are coming to the end of this episode. Uh, Yaku, thank you. That was absolutely brilliant. I'm sure they we could go on forever. I'm sure there's a whole lot more stuff uh, that we could, we could ask for. Dora, can we turn to you quickly? Are there are there more tips that we can share? Are we going to do because at the beginning of this, it's we said part one. Are we doing a part two?
1: Most definitely, and and I think uh, Yaku had shared already many valuable insights in terms of inspection of new home. So there are many more tips that we can share and. Um, That's why we're having part one and maybe part two. If necessary, we can expand to part three as well. It all depends on the interest from our listeners, right? So I think um, this will not only help the home buyers, but also the current homeowners who are quite eager to understand how to maintain their home. Yeah, I think... um, if necessary, we can do a part two, part three uh, to add on to this uh, content.
0: I think that would be a brilliant idea. let's let's uh, if you are listening to this, you want to know more, please give us some feedback because this is the kind of thing it helps prospective homeowners or home buyers. but also if you're a current homeowner, it, it's it's going to give you some perspective on how to maintain. Your home. So, if anybody wants to to add to the conversation or any questions, Dora, what do they need to do?
1: Uh, simply drop us an email on Catherine at ReefLords.co.za, It's spelled as C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E at ReefLords.co.za, or simply post on our Facebook page at Reflows Property Development. So we it wish you happy stuff. house hunting. <laughs>
0: Wonderful. Dora Lu from uh, Reflords, thank you so much. Also, Jaku van Royen, wonderful stuff. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, We really do appreciate it. I look forward to a a second episode. So let's see what, what happens. Until the next time, take care, look after yourselves and thank you for listening.